get your Bibles out, and you can be seated. You ever notice in a Baptist church like this, if you change one thing, nobody knows what to do. Wait a minute, we normally read the Bible. What am I doing? Uh, if there's no music at the invitation, we're not sure if we're allowed to come to the altar. We're just, we're such, we get in such rhythms of things, which is good to a point. But if you ever get out of that, it's all over with. And so I want you to turn, though, if you would, please. I want to talk to you tonight about Bible principles. This will be our last um, installment, if you would, on uh, tithes and offerings. But I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians. I want to talk to you tonight about Bible principles, Bible principles, not Baptist principles. They should be one the same. But 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. I want to talk to you about Bible principles regarding giving. Bible principles. These are universal principles. This is not, I'm not that way, maybe somebody else. No, these are universal principles. They apply to everybody. Watch this. Saved and lost. When something's a universal principle of God, it applies to everybody. The Bible talks about in one place, the rain falls on the just as well as the unjust. Well, that's not fair. We're living for God, and we got rain, and they, they got rain too. God says universal principle. Sowing and reaping, universal principle. And so there's a lot of things in the Bible that God said, I have made them. Okay, did you breathe today? You know there are people out there cussing God's name? They breathe today too. God does that. There's certain things that are universal principles of God. And this, this what we're going to talk about tonight, these Bible principles regarding giving is the same thing. So it doesn't matter whether you understand it or not, whether you like it or not, whether you're saved or not, whether you're lost or not. It doesn't matter. None of those variations mean anything. This is a universal principle. It, it's just always, God said, that's the way it is. Not that's the way it is for you, but not you, you, and I understand your situation. No, it's the same way it is everywhere. So I want to talk to you about that tonight. Our first principle will be this. The principle of sowing little or sowing bountifully. Sowing little or sowing bountifully. Now, you don't even need to know anything about, about the Bible to know that that's a true principle. Let me show you what I'm talking about. 2 Corinthians chapter number 9, go to verse number 6. Are you there? But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. Now, to me, that makes perfect sense. He which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Again, to me, that's just, well, yeah, no kidding. Every man according as he purpose in his heart, so let him give. And then he puts a condition on it, not grudgingly. Or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. God is able to do this. God's able to do this. That ye always having all sufficiency in all things. God didn't say you'll live in a mansion, be driving a Porsche. Didn't say that. He said all sufficiency, but watch this, may abound to every good work. Abound means overflowing. Abound means more than can be contained. And so here we have a principle here, the principle of sowing little or sowing bountifully. Now listen very carefully. Simply put, it's like this. If you are a farmer and you go out and you plant one seed and put it in the ground, an acre of ground, you should not expect, you can expect all you want to, you should not expect an acre to come in return. You planted very sparingly. You'll get that type and more, but you're not getting an acre. There's no way a seed of wheat 
can produce an acre of wheat. You would have to sow bountifully to get an acre. You'd have to actually sow the whole acre to get an acre in return. So you understand? It's a universal principle. Doesn't make any difference whether you're a lost farmer or a saved farmer. This is just the way things are. However, the principle also applies to bountifully. If a farmer goes out and takes everything he has and he has an acre of ground and he sows every square inch of that, he is going to get a whole lot more than the one who sowed sparingly. Now you say, well, no kidding, preacher, so what are you trying to say? That's all. You sow little, you get little in return. Now you'll get whatever you sowed, but you'll get not much more than what you sowed. You sow one seed. Okay, if you sow a seed of corn, you're not getting a seed on top of that stock. God said, I'll tell you what I'll do. You sow one seed, I'll give you a stock with three ears on it full of corn. That's nice of the Lord to do that, wasn't it? Same thing with a tree. You plant an apple seed, you get an apple tree, and in due season, you get lots of apples. Well, I'm glad God didn't say, I'll tell you what to do. I'll give you one apple for one seed. Man, you had to plant the whole world to get anything that matters. So it's very nice of the Lord to produce this for us. So in other words, it applies to the saved and the unsaved. You've got to understand this. It applies to the saved and the unsaved in every area of life, not just food, not just money, not just food, not just money. It applies to everything in life, the things, money, and material things. Of course, it applies to that. But what about forgiveness? Now is normally what we bow our head and act like we can't hear. Most people struggle less with their money than they do that. Somewhere along the line, we figured out, okay, if I want God in my life and bless me, I need to give. And we kind of figure that out as we go along, hopefully. But this thing about forgiveness, there are just way too many what ifs, how comes, I can'ts. But the Lord, the same thing here. Look, there may come a day when you want forgiveness. I mean, let's just go way out on a limb. There may be one day when you really mess up. Let's just go way out on a limb. I mean, you may actually not be perfect one day. I just go way, way out there somewhere. You actually did something on purpose, and you really, royally messed up. Now, I'm not talking to anybody here. That church down the street across the street, I'm talking to those folks down there. But let's just assume one day you really need someone to forgive you, not because you didn't mean it. You did it. You messed up, and you need forgiveness. And you're praying like crazy, they will forgive you. You say they have to because they're Christian. Do you? Do you? You know, there may be a day that if you were to sow forgiveness when people need you to forgive them, maybe one day when you mess, and here's what you keep saying, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to. I didn't. Let's assume you didn't mean to, but they're not going to forgive you. And a lot of times they'll say this. Do you remember when I messed up that one time? And I said, please forgive me. And you said, no, I'm not going to. Do you remember that? Now, that doesn't hardly ever happen. But let's just assume it did. Click. I know why I'm reaping what I sowed. It is a universal principle of God that applies to everything. How about love? How about love? Why is it you ignore me and get real quiet during this time? You just kind of stare like, okay, whatever. That's his opinion. It's not my opinion. It's a universal law of God. You sow more love. Now, by the way, love is not setting the Bible aside and doing whatever people want. That's not love. 
love is doing, we found out that even the Lord chastises because he loves us. So straightening somebody out in a right way with right information for a right reason is right. Okay? So setting that aside, how about love? We live in a world that has no idea for the most part what real love is all about. We think love is, he makes me feel all fuzzy when I'm around him. <laughs> thought my hands were all wet because he just looked at me. And, oh, my goodness. No, that's infatuation and fleshly. Nothing wrong with that in the right setting. I, I don't care much for feeling all fuzzy, but you say, preacher, would you rather have devotion or feel love? Yes. You say, which one? Yes. You said, no, if you had to have one or the other, devotion. You didn't get that, did you? Well, if I can't feel his love and, and he's not all excited, why do we stay together? Till death do us part, I kept my word. I will, I'd not just stay there, I will devote myself. Devoted love, that's called agape love. And God said, you sow that. By the way, that's what Jesus did. God sent Jesus and sowed his agape love. He didn't, he didn't come out because he felt all fuzzy and his palms got wet when he thought about us. He devotedly gave himself. And look what he's getting in return. Millions of people. I was reading Revelation. If you've been reading through your Bible, you're there also. And you find out there all the praise and glory that comes to God at the end when things are being wrapped up. Do you know why? That's because a long time ago he sowed. He sowed love, and because of that, he will reap that love. He is now, but fully then. You have to understand these things, the universal law of God. How about things like this? How about, um, I lost my place here. How about help? You ever look around sometimes and go, why am I doing this all by myself? Well, maybe it's because you told everybody you don't need any help. I don't need help, I do it on my own. Yeah, and then you got old. Or you need to lift something you haven't been able to lift since you were like 19 or something. It's going to happen. So, socks too. Yeah, it will. Yeah, yeah, it will. Okay. How about honesty? How about just being honest with other people? I don't mean brutal honest. I don't mean savage honest. I mean helpful honest. Kind honest. One of these days, you may actually need somebody to say something kind or be kind towards you. Why does everybody act that way towards me? Because maybe you're the kind of person that just shoots from the hip and tells them what's on your mind, and now they're doing that. Well, that's not right. So you're learning, huh? You're learning finally. And I'll tell you when it's going to come home to roost, when somebody right in the kitchen and says what they think, and you go, Man, what happened to them? You. You happened to them. Sowing and reaping is universal law of God. It applies to everything in this world. We may want to stop and consider. We may want to do this about holding back in these areas. Why are you holding back? Ready? Your flesh. I've been hurt. I don't think. I shouldn't have to. That's your flesh fighting against the word of God. Anything that fights against the, the word of God is the world, the flesh, and the devil. Anything that said, God says, here's what you need to do. Yeah, but I can't. That's your flesh saying, don't give in. Don't do that. They'll run over top of you. The worst thing that could probably happen to us is people use us, isn't it? That's it? To be used. Oh, that's tragic. 
How many of you this week at all was crucified? Feel free to raise your hand. Crucified, anybody? Strove against blood because of your testimony for Jesus. Please raise your hand. Uh, somebody told you you're not allowed to work here because you're a Christian. Anybody? Huh. Boy, things are getting tough, aren't they? I'm mocking. Because what we can't stand and are not going to live for Jesus is, did you see the way they looked at me? Why do they do that? If that's what Christians are, I ain't staying here. That's it. Sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. By the way, if you sow sparingly here and you switch churches and sow sparingly there, guess what you're going to get? Not much. Changing from this field to this field and still sowing the same thing isn't going to get you anymore. So, first universal principle here, the universal principle God gives absolutely applies to giving. Get that in your head. It's just, folks, yeah, I can see a farmer doing that. No, your money, same way. You know, he has to, without knowing anything about future weather, ground conditions, or anything, take out his seed that he bought that belongs to him and put it in the ground and hope that it'll produce. You want, if we're not careful, we want all guarantees before we give any money. Not grudgingly, the Bible says, but willingly. For the Lord loveth a cheerful giver. <laughs> Here goes our money. Oh, wonderful. Not that kind of, it's not a wave offering. Goodbye, never see you again. Now, so, principle number one, the principle of sowing little or sowing bountifully. Now, when you first get started, if all you have is a small bag of seed, you can't sow bountifully. Except, except, except on equal terms. Remember the one with the two mites? She basically sowed bountifully with two pennies. Do you know why? Because it was all she had. So if you have a bag of seed this big and you, and you sow it all, you sown bountifully. You used everything. You don't, you don't have to sow like Brother Usher does or, or I do or somebody else does. But you should always be wondering, there's got to be a way I can do some more. And I'm not just talking about your money. How about your time? You know, the world is robbing you all the time of every second they can get from you. Every second, every minute. And even when you're not on the job, you're consumed with work. Now, if I were the devil, that would be something that I would use. You can't bring your Bible to work. You can't pray at work. You can't talk about Christ at work. You can't. And so we give in to that. And so we just, okay, that's most of your day. Then the boss comes along and says, hey, we need people to work uh, Sunday and, and you're going to work Sunday. Okay, can't lose my job. I wonder if people in other countries, when it says, denounce Christ or you're going to die, they were, okay, okay, I'm not a Christian. Here, does that make you happy? No, I can tell you what many of them say. So... Universal principle number two. Turn to Galatians chapter six. You're in Second Corinthians. Go toward Revelation chapter number six. The principle of reaping what we have sowed. What? Not an amount. A type. Whatsoever man sows. Look at it, if you would. Galatians chapter six, verse number seven. Be not deceived. Don't, don't be tricked into fooling anything else. God is not mocked. What God says is true. It's going to happen the way he says. This is a universal principle. For whatsoever, a man, whatsoever, whatsoever, he's not just talking money, but that's included, whatsoever. Money is a whatsoever. Love is a whatsoever. Hate is a whatsoever. Meanness is a whatsoever. 
using harsh terms to straighten people out as a whatsoever. So watch what he says. For whatsoever a man sows, that's what he gives, that's what he puts forth, that's what he plants, that, that shall he reap. He's not talking about a quantity here. He's talking about a type. Look at verse number 8. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. Now God's letting you know. You sow things that your flesh wants you to sow. It will destroy your life. It will eat away at you like a cancer, like rust on metal. It will eventually put pits in it and destroy it and tear it down. Corrupt. Corruption. You understand? So the things your flesh wants, you stop and think about it before you walk into that trap. It will eat your life up and destroy you. Hold on. Look at the other part, though. Watch what he says. He that soweth to the Spirit shall love the Spirit. Now, see, I like that. He's not talking you sow to the Spirit, you're going to go to heaven. He's saying now that you're going to heaven, why don't you have a, a better life than what you're living? Because you're not walking in the Spirit. You're not obeying. You're not sowing to the Spirit. He's, he's right here. And he loves this book. So when I sow to what he wants... He says right here, shall reap everlasting life. Now I know why I'm living this way. Now it makes sense to me. Now I don't have to. I get to. I'm not making this stuff up. Ladies and gentlemen, when you start walking with God the way he wants you to, this makes perfect sense. Every time I start doing something, the flat just destroys my life, eats away like a cancer, corrodes and corrupts and tears apart everything. So the Bible's true. I can sow that way or I can sow this way. It's not, he didn't mention a quantity. He mentions a type. He mentions a type. And so what do we see here? Look at verse number eight. I just read that. Everlasting. The farmer who sows wheat will reap what? It's not a trick question. Okay? It is a universal principle of God. The husbandman who sows a vineyard will reap grapes. Okay, I know we live in Columbus, and so what does that mean? Okay, grapes. Listen to me carefully. This principle does not teach how much you'll reap. It teaches what type you'll reap. And quit guessing at what that type may be, whatsoever you sow. So, you know, actually, you are planning out your future life right now by what you're sowing right now. You say, I don't have much. No, but you're very kind to people. I can't, I can't afford what everybody else does. No, but you're always trying to help somebody. You're always trying to give yourself. You always have a kind word. You're always saying something nice. You are actually planting and preparing what you're going to reap out here in the future. I, I'm just trying to tell you what a universal law was. It didn't tell you how much. You said, preacher, how much will I get from God? I don't know. But whatever you sow, that shall you also reap. In Genesis, this is a principle, it does not teach how much, but what type. Go to Genesis chapter number one. This, this has been this way since the beginning of time. God has so declared it. Listen to me very carefully. Genesis chapter number one, this principle of God was established at creation. This is not something new to our generation. Boy, I hope it works. What do you mean you hope it works? You ever seen an apple tree, wheat field, corn field, bean field? You ever seen a cherry tree? You ever seen a vineyard? It works. Even nature tells us this is a true principle of God. Everything teaches us that. Once God had created everything, he wanted everything to reproduce after his kind. 
Genesis chapter number 1. Look at verse number 11. <clears throat> Excuse me. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass and the herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself. That's why I don't understand seedless watermelon. I'm still hung up on that. I like them, but I don't understand it. I don't know how you go in there and pull out every one of those seeds. And if you pull out all the seeds out of all the watermelon, what are you going to plant? Now, I'm not trying to be stupid. God said from the very beginning, what does he say right here? After his kind, whose seed is in itself. And sure enough, man has a better idea than God. We always do. We know how to raise families better than God. We know a marriage is better than God. We know giving and, and reaping and our money. We know that's better than God. When we should and shouldn't forgive, we know better than God. I mean, come on, people don't do this stuff anymore. Hmm, guess we become God. And so, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. Now, this is from the very beginning. Look, if you would, please, verse 12. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind and the tree yielding fruit after, uh, whose seed was in itself after his kind. This is what God planned. God said, I started the whole thing and everything that I started just produce after your own kind. This is why you are not a male in a female body. This is why you are not a female in a male body. This is why a dog will never be a cat. This is why a human will never be a pig. I didn't say characteristics or acting. I just, you know what I'm talking about. Go down to verse 21. And God created the whale. Now we're talking about animals. Ready? God created every living creature that moveth, which the water, turn page, brought forth abundantly. Oh, here we go again. After their kind. And winged fat. Now we're talking about the birds and anything that flies. After his kind. And God saw that it was good. God said, yeah, that's what I meant. That's what I like. There, that's the way I planned it, right like that. Go down to verse number 24. And God said, "Let the." I'm doing this repetitively because God did it repetitively to let you know it's not a one verse who knows what he meant. God says seed, God said animals, God said seed creatures, God said flying things, everything, everything after its own kind. Verse 24, and God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures after his kind, cattle. Now we know. You know you have these Sharpay shepherd Great Danes. What, what, what do we do? We're messing with the nature that God said after its own kind. So we end up with all these weird, and if you don't know, it's like you're not smart enough. A sharp, what is it, a sharp hoodle? Or labradoodle. Sounds like something you eat, right? Yeah, you probably would. Now, watch what he says in verse 24. And creeping, th even, even the insects and beasts of the earth after his kind, and it was so. Look at verse 25. And God made the beasts of the earth after his kind, the cattle after their kind, everything that creeps on the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. God said, that's what I want. That's the way I planned it. Even mankind. So don't tell me God messed up your genes. If that's the case, quit wearing jeans. That's what I got to tell you. I know about science. There you go. Look at verse 27. And God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female. Created he. You, well, you think that was just Adam and Eve? And after that, it was whatever came out? After God said, after its own kind, after its own kind, after its own kind, after its own kind. Then he made man the top of the food chain, if you would, and said, I don't know how this is going to turn out. 
you need to quit listening and taking counsel from the ungodly and start listening to what God has got to say. Two dogs will never produce a cat. Two horses will never produce a cow. I don't care how many times they try. Two humans will never produce an animal. Corn does not produce wheat. A banana tree will never produce an orange. He said, well, no kidding. Then why are we fussing with this human thing? Why are we fussing with whatsoever we say? You know why we're in this trouble? Because of what we've been sowing for generations. Generations. And you happen to be the, yeah, the know-it-all generation. You, not just you. You know what I'm talking about. Don't take it so personal. The principle is we will reap that which we have sown. That kind. That in particular. It doesn't say how much, but it says that. Everything after its own kind. And God says, that's good. I like it that way. Laziness does not produce good work ethic. You sow laziness, you're not going to one day wake up and go, you know, I think I'll be the best worker. Sorry, doesn't work that way. Mean-spiritedness will never cause you to reap kindness. People don't want to treat you kind if you treat them the way you want to. Well, if they're a Christian, no, no, universal law. Christian or not, universal law. You understand? Universal law. Selfishness will not bring about people giving to you. There's a universal law of God. A person will get that, that kind that he has sown. So here's what you need to do. Think about it. Think about all of your life, not just your money, which is first on your mind. Why won't that person forgive you? Why does that person always talk so mean to you? How come nobody talks to you? I think that's a very valid question, all those. So let's go back to the universal principle. Sowing that, I will reap what I have sown. What have you been sowing? Well, that's just the way I am. See, you're a seed of corn, and that's just what you are. You're a seed of bitterness, and that's just what you are. You're a seed of short-temperedness, and that's just what you are. You're a seed of telling people what you think, and that's just what you are. Now, our Lord knew everything about everybody, but he didn't talk to anybody that way. I'm sorry, but the Pharisees. So if a person does not sow to God first, give to help others, and handle his own finances to increase himself in the future, he will probably be struggling most of his life. He's never learned the universal principle of sowing and reaping. Listen, I know on the west side, I know a lot of people struggle with finances. Most of us were never taught economics in, in, uh, what do they call that? In school, um, they didn't say, huh? Consumer math. Well, I got married. I didn't know how to fill out a check right. Didn't know how to bounce a checkbook. Didn't know any of that kind of stuff. You know why? That's not what's important. What's important is do you know how to type real fast? We've never learned. Learn it or not, it is a universal principle of God that whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. No one wants to help this kind of a person because they know what's coming because of the universal law of God. It's like putting your money in bags of holes with, with holes in it. To help someone that won't work, that's lazy. It always bothers me when I see a woman who's, who's working two jobs and her husband, I just can't find a job. And every corner I go like this, apply within, now hiring, come in here, we'll give bonuses. I just can't find one. No, you're lazy. And nobody's going to trust a lazy guy. Once they find out that way, your name's being spread everywhere. 
you don't need to advertise a hardworking man in any generation. People will find that guy. So here's what I'm saying. He said that. Number three, go to Luke chapter number six. Matthew, Mark, Luke chapter number six. Matthew, Mark, Luke chapter number six. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> the principle of men giving to you. How often have I told you nobody has ever, well, that's not true. Uh, God has never reached down and given me $20. Brother Usher has. Some of you have. Other people, more or less. Men have given to me. God has never handed me a penny. Now, before you get all spiritual and go, that's just not right, preacher, let me show you a verse in the Bible. Luke chapter number 6, look at verse number 38. Give. Did you get that first word? Anybody misunderstand? Anybody, is there another me? Come on up here and tell people you don't look at it the way I do. Give. Ready for, the, for, ready, ready for this principle? And ye shall not, I'm sorry, where am I at? 38. Give and it shall be given unto you. Wow. Wow. How about that? I'm waiting for people to help me so I can help. I'm sorry, that's backward. That's like saying I hope I get an acre of corn and once I do, then I can become a farmer. No, you're going to have to use what you got and start sowing and work your way towards that. But watch what he says here. Watch what he says. Give and it shall be given unto you. Now watch what happens in return. Good measure. Press down. Shaken together. Running over. Go ahead, read the next few words. Shall men give? Shall men give? Do you know you're not in heaven? How many people know that? You acknowledge that? Okay, we're not in heaven. You live among smart class. A's for everybody. God works inside and through people. Men, mankind. So God said, I'll tell you what, according to this verse, shall men give unto you, for with the same measure that you meet, withal shall it be measured again to you. You want to be short-tempered with everybody? Okay. You want to get a boss that's short-tempered with you, and then what do you do? I can't understand what's going on. Oh, let's back up. See, the thing is, we forget the way we treated somebody. We get out here and have need, and that begins to sprout right up in our face. But we forgot. I'm sorry. I forgot I sowed corn. Guess what I'm getting in the fall, whether I forgot or not? Corn. I hate to sound childish or first gradish, if that's even a word, but do you understand what we're saying here right now? So here's what happens. Though everything ultimately comes from God, I'm not sidestepping God at all. He should be thanked and he should be praised. God uses men to bring about blessings to give to you. God put it up on my heart to say, God did what? Why didn't God just give it? Because God said, shall men give unto you? God influences men to give to others. Why would God influence men to give who are not sowing and reaping properly? It'd be a waste for people to do that. I don't have to make that judgment. God just simply says, no, he's not that next guy for lead man. No, they, they don't need that job. I'll take this guy over here. I was right in line, and they took the guy behind me. What happened? That's why I don't like uh, unions. Waste of time. We, as God's children and stewards of his stuff, 
must just obey what God says and not do as we feel or as some would instruct us. I need to do what God says. By our sowing, our works, that's what sowing is. Sowing is working. Giving is a work also. In your Bible, giving is a work of righteousness. It is a work. It's a work. Watch what happens here. God leads or impresses men to give to you or trust us in certain ways that God influenced that man to do. This is based upon the universal principle of sowing and reaping. It absolutely does matter how we treat one another. It absolutely does matter how we give. It does absolutely matter how we love, how we help, how we forgive, how we lift others' loads. It matters. Because God uses men to bless us in return. So treat people the way you want. Don't let it shock you. And don't, I, I can't understand. Nobody seems to like me anymore. What do you mean anymore? They never did. No. You keep telling them, I don't need you. I don't need you. I don't need you. I'll take care of this. Who told you that? I don't need that. You do understand. You're sowing. Yeah. And when you're out here and you actually do need, guess what's coming up in your life? What you sowed back there. You don't sow the next day. Whoa. What's that all about? You sow in the springtime. You work the ground all year long. As you're moving forward day after day, week after week, month after month, and then lo and behold, wow, corn. Why did I get corn? Man, that's great. I didn't know I was going to get corn. Sure you did. Whether you forgot or not, that's what you sowed back there. You understand? So what does he say here? God uses men in return. He said give. That's our move. We, we do the first move. Give yourself to God. Give yourself to the Lord. Give yourself to others. None of that takes money yet. So don't, don't, don't go down that route. How about your talent? Can you use that? What are you waiting for? A rainy day? It's pouring here now. Oh, you only want to be used the way you want to be used? Can't use a person like that. Can't use a person like that. I was talking to a geo. He was talking about guys he's trying to hire and make work. They all know everything. And when you tell them, okay, you may, but I need you to do it my way. I can't do it like that. So he has to get rid of them. They want to make money. They still want to work. And those that want to work don't want to listen. Same thing happens in churches. I hope that's not you. I love this place, but I want to work the way I want to work. I don't see it that way, so I'll do my own thing. You can't do that. Without unity, you can't, have, you can't build a house. You can't put in a floor. You can't build a church. You can't build a family. By the way, speaking of families, whatsoever man or woman sows, that, that, that kind, shall he also reap. If you reap sparingly, even bad, you'll, you'll reap. If you sow sparingly, You'll reap, even though it's bad, sparingly. So stop it as soon as you can. Stop it right now. You sow bountifully, good or bad. In your family, you will reap bountifully. 
universal law of God. Doesn't even make any difference whether you're saved or not. This is the way God talks about it. So he says, give, our, it's our move. And then he said, shall it be given unto you? It's, it's just the principle of sowing and reaping. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. You'll have more than you know what to do with. Shall men give unto you, to your bosom, for or because, because he's going to give us the reason why they'll do this. For with the same measure ye meet the quantity, shall it be measured back to you. You know, that's why it's so hard to learn how to forgive. Because <coughs> your flesh hates being acted on. Jesus Christ hated it. To me, the greatest attribute of God next to truth, because without truth you don't have anything, is God's love. You say, God loves everything and everybody. That's not Bible. No, he does not. I can show you in the Bible where God said God hates the wicked every day. Not what they do, them. So we need to understand universal principle one number one, the principle of sowing little or bountifully. Number two, the principle of reaping what we have sown. And then number three, the principle of men giving to you. Go to Galatians chapter number six. You were there a little while ago. Go ahead towards Hebrews. If you get to Hebrews, you went too far. Right after 2 Corinthians. Galatians chapter number 6. Now along with this sowing and reaping and a certain kind and certain quantity, there's also a universal principle of seasons. We get so frustrated because I, I've, been, I've been tithing and offering and can't hardly make ends meet for a month. And look, nothing's turning out right. God's not on your timeline. And neither are the seasons. You know we just had a, an almost 60 degree day in Ohio in December. Climate change. Climate's always changing. It's been changing ever since Noah got off the ark. It's going to keep right on changing. There are summers we have here, we call them scorchers. When I was little, they'd be 900 degrees and we'd get burnt to a crisp. I mean, we'd have big silver dollar blisters all over our back and shoulders. And my mom, like a nurse, would simply take a needle and bit it and pull off all the dead skin and go, go back out and fight the fire. You've been babied way too much. I don't know what you're going to do when you can't drink 18 gallons of water every time you turn around. Galatians chapter 6. You, you slosh when you walk. You are. And every time you're on break, you either have to go to the bathroom or you need another drink of water. Galatians chapter 6, drop down to verse number 7. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. You sow that, this is what you reap. But he that soweth to the Spirit, you're sowing to the Spirit, shall of the Spirit. He's even going to tell you what you're getting in return. Look at verse number 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in, there it is, due season. We shall, we shall, God said, if we faint not. Too many people just before the due season comes throw up their hands and quit. And this fainting starts in here. 
So I tried. I listened to the preacher, and, and I heard what he had to say. And okay, the Bible said, but ready? It doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for me. Many think these principles either do not or did not work for them. Hold on, hold on, sir. God is not mocked. What God says is true. So don't mock God and tell me it just didn't work for you. Like you're an exception to the universal laws of God. That's not true. Most do not continue sowing until the due season. You say, well, when's the due season? I don't know. I just know they'll always be there. Example, the farmer does not plant and work in the spring, and if nothing gains by the summer, he quits. Well, I thought would be up by now. What's going to hurt if you just keep waiting and working? What do you got to lose? Nothing. You've already sown. You might as well stay at it. It's like your Christian life. Oh, I ran into a hard time. Oh, come on. Listen, listen to me very carefully. It happens to everybody. I'm sorry. I'd like to be like the generation that's raising the zero generation. Poor baby, you should never be bruised. You should never be hurt. Nobody should ever disappoint you. And you basically should be able to do what you want. I'm for you, pal. You're never going to learn a thing that way. Life is tough. It was for Jesus. It should be for us. Most of us have never had to walk the path he walked. But he did that for us. So the farmer, the due season is in the fall. He knows that. It's coming. Now, when will it come out of the ground? He doesn't really know the day. With all the science we have, they'll say it should be between this day and that day, this week and that week is normally when things produce. It's all according to the soil and the water and the sunshine. No tragedies falling. No unnecessary. Bu- all these things are factored in, but it will be a due season. Is coming about. Turn to Genesis chapter number 8. Genesis chapter number 8. Folks, we just need to line our lives with the Bible and say, well, God knows. He, he made it all. God knows. And by the way, if he doesn't know and he's lying, we're all in trouble, so don't worry about it. We're making this way too difficult. Yeah, but it doesn't quite explain why this and why that. Until you start doing the obvious, quit looking for the obscure. A guy walked up to me one time and said, Preacher, been reading through the Old Testament this years ago in another church in a land far, far away. Been reading through the Old Testament. He said, You won't believe this. I didn't believe it at first either. But I found an Old Testament scripture which I believe teaches I don't have to tithe. What do you think about that? I said, Do what you think. I never told you to tithe to begin with. But I'm going to. Do you know why? I've proven this sowing and reaping thing. I've proven this, that a man soweth. I have proven the men giving unto you. So I looked at this and said, God, I trust you, therefore I will do what you say. And now faith has evidence, right? We talked about that. Now that I'm out here, how much evidence do you want me to point out? I trusted that and did that. And as by faith, I trusted the Lord and kept doing what he said. Now I can show you evidence everywhere. Faith has evidence. Faith has substance. After you trust the Lord and walk forward, I got wheat. That tree, oh, I thought nothing was coming of that. Look at there. Look at there. I've got bananas on that tree. You must live in Africa or something. I don't know. Watch what happens here. Genesis chapter number 8. Some seasons are abundant in production. That's true. 
God promises that there will always be seasons. Genesis chapter 8 and verse number 22. Now, Noah has just gotten off the ark. Everything has changed. There are now polar caps being formed because the earth has now tilted on its axis. The sun did not move farther away. It tilted. All of the water now that's in those colder areas, that's how you got your polar caps. It wasn't from the Big Bang Theory. Get the Big Bang out of your head. Okay. Then what happened was God said from now on, by the way, it's at this time, you won't believe this. Hey, all of you vegans. At this time, God said it was okay. Up to this point, Nobody ate meat. After this point, God said, now you're interested. Huh, what does it say that? Now I can finally have a hamburger again. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I know you're dying to have a hamburger. Watch what happens here. Look at verse 21. And the Lord smelled the sweet savor, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Why should I do this every time I turn around? I'll end up destroying everything. Neither will I again smite any more everything as I have done. He's talking about the flood. There'll never be again. Now, there's been floods everywhere. But this was a worldwide universal flood. And God said, I'll never do that again. Now, watch what happens, verse 22. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest. Ah, oh, there's a time to plant the seed and there's a time for the harvest. Ready? Cold and heat. Hey, Biden. All the rest of you knuckleheads, read your Bible. That'd be like pulling teeth, wouldn't it? Summertime and winter. Da-da, guess what we're entering into? Winter. Now, did winter, you know, on that day it says, today is the first day of winter. It was like 60 degrees outside. There is no set time. On this day, at this time, boom, snow everywhere, cold winter. It doesn't happen that way. Actually, it seems to kind of, most of the time, just kind of gradually Heading that direction, right? God said, daytime and night shall not cease. Quit. You keep listening to these knuckleheads, global warming, the polar caps are melting. Really, you've been there? You know this for a fact. Oh, I watch the education channel. I watch the, um, what do you call that? National, <laughs> national. That ought to cause fear right there. National Geographic. So those of you that watch it now, just you'll come up and go like this. Preach, I don't watch it because I believe it. It's just interesting to me. I get more on my Bible than National Geographic can give you, especially on this subject right here. So we find out here there will always be that. You should have kept sowing and reaping in the field God gave you, in those areas of universal sowing and reaping, you just keep sowing and working and working and working, and one day, due season. No? I can give you evidence. I can give you proof. I've done that. I can show you. Show me how yours is working. By the way, the stingier you get, and the more aggressive you get towards people, and the more, and more unforgiving you get, the farther you go, you're just building a bigger harvest of stuff you're not going to buy. Yeah. You say, you don't know that. No, I don't, but God did. God said that. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. And if it's sparingly, 
good or bad, you still gonna get it. Bountifully, <laughs> good or bad, you're gonna get it. You say, Well, I haven't yet. Due season. Due season. God said so in due season. You should keep sowing and working the field of forgiveness. Just a while longer. You say it's not it's not working. Just just a while longer. Just a while longer. Trust in the Lord's promises. You should labor just a few more days trusting the principles of God. Trust the principles of God. One more church service, you could have got your answer, but no, no, you quit before God gave you the fruit you were hoping. You kept invest, you kept working, you kept staying, you kept praying, you kept, and it produced nothing. Don't mock God. One more day of that irritating person. I'm just making stuff up. None of us know anybody like that. You know that one, like, why in the world would God even put that person in this church? You're sowing. Maybe it's not for that person so much as it is for you to get over yourself that the whole world doesn't revolve around you. Or it could be for you to see the irritation in them. And God's going to have to bring it out. One more month of trusting God in tithes and offerings. In due season, we shall reap. Ready? If, big if. Two little words, big word, big word. If we faint not. I'm done. This isn't working. I heard what the preacher said. I've tried that for two months. My wife and I had to learn and tried for about 25 years. Oh, oh, you're ready to quit right now just because you heard a story. 25 years, you got to be. It's all according to what you have to learn. I had to learn it all. So God said, okay, you don't quit. I'll teach you. And eventually shall men give unto you. Good measure, pressed down, running over, shall men give unto you. Even if you do not believe or, or understand the commands of God of tithes and offerings, the universal principles themselves should teach you about sowing and reaping. Should teach us everything we need to know. Let's pray. Father, thank you.